This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you right out of Austin, Texas. So excited to be on the road for a month-long road trip, capturing stories about what God is doing all over the country. And we are at lo- on location at Sidera Health and the Karis Group, courtesy of Tony Dale and his teams. And you're going to get to hear some incredible stories today. But Martha, before we get going on the show, why don't you tell people how we'd love for them to connect with us while we're on the road? All right. So Jim, one of the things that we tend to do when we travel is uh, use Facebook a lot to just keep people um, on the journey with us. So they can go out and um, follow us and like us on Facebook. I work for him. That's I work the number for him. And you can follow us there. See what we're doing. I mean, see the great barbecue place that we ate last night. We said we would give a shout out to Mackenzie who served us at the barbecue depot In in Vidor, Texas. Yes. Vider. Vider, Texas. Vider, Vider, Texas. Texas. Yes, exit it was excellent. Eight, exit 862B on I-10 in Texas. If you are driving on I-10, you have got to get off there. Check out the Barbecue Depot. Uh, it was, so, so if they go to our Facebook, they'll see the little video it. we even did with Mackenzie that we met there at the barbecue place and um, enjoyed and, that. And then, no, Texas is full of those kinds of places. But um, there's a lot of people that come here for travel. So, Guys, check it out. Let's get them, you know, on the map. <laughs> That's right. So shout it's out. It's a to little all. scary at the intersection getting off the highway because there's like 12 choices of which road yeah. to turn. But Just we made it. Ask your GPS to That's tell you right. where to go. Siri will tell you where to go, whether you want to or not. All right. Many of you listening today have been asked to go on short-term missions trips. You've been asked to go overseas. Why? It's a good question because there's lots of mission work to be done right here in the United States of America. But that's not the point, is it really? Short-term trips are much more about the impact on you than on the people you interact with when you're overseas. So what about bringing that impact to the workplace? What about bringing some people from your team on a short-term trip overseas to interact with Jesus followers overseas? Number one, is it, does it make sense? Is it legal? Isn't it super expensive? Isn't there work that should be done instead of taking off and going overseas? Well, today, like I said, we're on location in Austin, Austin Texas. Talking with a couple of people from the Karis Group. You can check them out online, thecarisgroup.com. Thecarisgroup.com, I believe that's right, isn't it? That's right, thecarisgroup.com. I had it in my head right. We've got CEO Kim Evans, and we've got Jennifer January. Love that name. They're both going to share about their story. Jennifer and Kim, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. We're delighted to be here. And we hope you feel that way at the end of the show. That's why we tell people. When people say, I'm like, I hope you feel good about it at the end. You know, guys, I don't we, know if they think that's funny or not. I don't know, but I always think do. it's funny. I, yeah. I do. I think it's funny. I just want to make sure uh, people haven't driven them crazy and they're not begging and looking for the time when they're done. Okay. So, Jennifer, we're going to start. Now we're going to start with you, Kim. I, th- that's what I said. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Uh, well, it really started before I even had a choice in the matter. Um, through my uh, family. I grew up in a church, Southern Baptist on one side and then Catholic on my mom's side. And uh, so I was always in a church, uh, either uh, in, in mass or at, uh, my, uh, on my father's side. Uh, they were Southern Baptist Pentecostal. So they're Bapticostals. Oh, yeah. All right. So there was always a church thing, a church mm-hmm. play, a church event, a church bake sale, yeah. a church this. I mean, I was I lived in the church. In fact, um, 
it when I graduated from high school, uh, I, I was so churched up. I thought, well, I, and when I went to college, I, I said enough of that. And I just thought, OK, well, I just need a break. But uh, it, it, it wasn't long before I found my way back. But yeah, that church was my life. I, I just grew up that way. So at what point in time did you make that connection then between your faith and your work? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I said, I took a break in college and and I found church again, but I felt I found it for me because before it was just mandated by my parents. You will go to church. You will do this. You will do that. But as an adult, I came back to the church uh, with some spiritual maturity and I, I realized the blessing um, that I achieved by having this personal connection, which I have to say I didn't have as a child because I was just essentially doing what I was told. Right. As an adult, I realized that there was really a relationship to be had with God. And once uh, I was, um, I had really developed that relationship with God, I, I, I just really understood my purpose and my purpose was um, anytime I engage with someone to to really talk about my relationship with God so I would I would really have this kind of personal prayer God what do you want me to share with this person today Um, and then I realized well it shouldn't stop at any border Um, I worked in corporate America so in, in the United States, you, you can't be, uh, you have to really use discretion with that. Um, so at that point, the way that I would engage at work is just really uh, be, do what Jesus does, act like Jesus, uh, follow the practices. And I, I just really felt I had success when I stayed on that journey. Hmm. Very cool. You know, that's, I love something that you just said. You said it doesn't, you know, don't let it stop at the border. You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of times we do put borders in our life and we Mm -hmm. say, "Mm, not in this area, not in this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to protect these areas, but having that perspective that uh, Jesus Christ is a part of, of everything that we do and that you can take, you can take him into the workplace. In fact, he's, he's going to go. It's, it's whether you um, join him on the journey (laughs) when you're there. That's exactly right. And, and, and really when I, when I uh, moved back to God and, and really accepted Jesus uh, in a very deliberate Mm -hmm. way, I, I came to the, or at least my sense was, I don't really know how people, carry on without this relationship. I just don't even know how that works. Well, and I think I mean, that's a lot of what we need to realize is that the world around us is living without hope and they are looking for answers. And Jesus is the answer to all the questions that they're asking. And yet we, as Jesus followers, so often don't live that compelling life for mm-hmm. the people to see, well, we really have the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yet you understand that now, but you had to realize, wow, that Jesus applied to everything you do, not just you, you weren't a Monday morning atheist. It had to bridge that gap. It had to get past that wall from Sunday to Monday to realize, Hey, everything about me is impacted by my, my relationship with Jesus. That's exactly right. And I, I just, I, you know, I would come across people who really needed help and, and the kind of help they needed was uh, I, I've always been really good and committed to people development, but I, I didn't, uh, I, I made the, I connected the dots with th- this person is really lacking 
um, just a, a spiritual compass. What is what the really root cause of what's going on with them is this, this, this uh, void mm. uh, and this lack of relationship. And that's when I realized uh, I, I really need to make sure that in every encounter at work, Jesus needs to be present. We need to just let um, God have his way here. So you um, alluded to your college career and then in corporate America, and now you're here at the Karis Group. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. Like what, what is your, um, what is your, your journey been? I don't know what your training was in, co- in yeah. college and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I um, went to college uh, t- as an engineer. I was actually going to, di- I'm from Michigan. Uh, so I, um, I uh, went to college to uh, design cars. Ah. And uh, and then um, I met my uh, husband in college, and he was recruited to Texas. So I was not able to um, to really. There's no car designing and going on in Texas. <laughs> so when I started um, submitting applications, I would uh, get comments like, "Well, we can we'll see if we, you can help us design oil equipment or." It's like no, that's not what I I really do. I I um, I, I I am a, you know I design, I build, and then I I really realized God spoke to me uh, in a very clear way. You're a builder, mm. and you're a fixer, and so I started taking on these. Um, uh, assignments where people would enlist me to do just that. Uh, we want you to start this new department from scratch. Well, what do you have in mind? We have no idea. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> you figure it out what it looks like. Or we have this team that's underperforming and we need you to turn it around. Well, what is a problem? Well, can you get in there and figure it out and let us know? And so that just, uh, and that wow. really gave me a great platform to, to really let Jesus Kim, let's, let's just take a second. Let's talk about the Karis Group. We've got a lot of people listening to the show today that are out there in corporate America, and those organizations have health insurance. They have health care they're providing their employees. How does the Karis Group help those organizations be more efficient and effective with the health care that they're providing? Yeah, Karis, just as, as we all know, if you're not well and you're not healthy, you cannot deliver on your purpose. It's just really difficult. That is, that is a big inhibitor. Mm. So that really was one of the big draws, uh, uh, for me to care because who doesn't want to, uh, to make sure that people are doing well and where Karis really is a blessing to their communities is that we help, um, self and healthcare, uh, insured plans, employers, and healthcare um, insurance companies attract and retain members by making sure that their members have quality care at an affordable price. And we do that through navigation, steering um, patients who have been uh, diagnosed with an illness to the right um, provider or right care provider based on their criteria and based on a, on, on uh, the best price. And we also help them manage their costs through bill negotiation. Wow. Very good. And I'm going to ask you for some specifics because all the stuff you said, some people are going, what, what did they do? But what's cool is that one of the things I've learned from Tony Dale is that this all started because he had to have his knee operated on and he, this, he got a bill for $15,000. And after he's, 
negotiated the bill down to like 1500 bucks. This was a lot of years ago, but the whole idea is you're trying to make sure that insurance companies or healthcare sharing organizations like Sidera Health don't pay too much for a procedure. You guys actually help those bills make sure they're really in line. Don't you do that too? That's exactly right. So we, uh, we, we have um, technology and we have uh, we really combine uh, technology plus the human touch mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, the members and employees are getting fair pricing for their health care procedure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And they can find out more about that at thecarisgroup.com, the Karis, K-A-R-I-S group.com. So, Jennifer January, you are joining That's us like a today. That's a movie star name, by the way. <laughs> I know, Jim's uh, all about that. He's like, what can we do with that? That's Jennifer so much. January. That's so awesome. But... Um, Thank you for joining us. You, um, we're going to get into your story, and but the first thing that we want to just let our listeners know is how you became a Jesus follower. Yeah, so when I was about 13 years old, my friend invited me to her youth group, and um, I, growing up, I believed there was a God, but I didn't really know what that meant to me, and I, mm-hmm. I there were moments when I could tell that I wasn't good enough and I didn't know if he would still love me. And I really didn't understand the gospel. And uh, when I was 13 years old, I went to my friend's youth group and I started making friends and, and experienced a community of people who really loved each other and encouraged each other. And I started hearing more about who Jesus is and, and what the gospel really says, that it's not about us and being good enough, but that Jesus died for us so that he could restore his relationship with us and, um, and give us purpose and hope and, and so the more I started hearing truth and reading the Bible with friends, I just, it all kind of clicked in my mind. And so throughout high school, I grew up in my relationship with God and really started to learn um, more about what it means to follow him. And throughout college, got to experience living with other believers and, and going back to my apartment and praying with them and turning to the word when we had questions and, and things like that. So... Wow, that's awesome. So I don't know if people can tell, but you are younger than us. (laughs) So one of the things that I am always very curious about is, did you have to have somebody tell you that there was a connection between your faith and your work? Or as you were growing in your walk with Christ, did that just seem natural to you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think somewhere in between, I actually had the blessing of of my first job was actually in ministry. So I kind of went through a a different process. So so explain what what that means. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So last year. Some would say your job here at the cares group is also in ministry. It is. Exactly. And so I think. But that's not what you meant, was it? (laughs) Um, My, my first job had the title of being a ministry position. And so I worked for a a college campus ministry Mm -hmm. in Germany and so my everyday role was a very active ministry role in talking to students about their faith and encouraging them. In and, Germany? Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't college students to talk to here in the States? You want to go to Germany or what? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a longer story, but... Um, <laughs> There's a bully involved, isn't there? Okay, no, so, oh, actually okay. not in this okay. one. But, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but when I came back, I think that helped me to have that mentality that, okay. uh, that every day... I, faith is not compartmentalized. It's right. not a separate part of our life, but it's part of our everyday life and just because I'm not being paid as a you know as a missionary or something right. here that's not doesn't make it any different mm. I'm still God has just as much purpose for me here in an office as he did in Berlin whether I'm talking with people who um, don't know suit who don't know Jesus and are living um, in a country that's very far from Jesus or sitting here 
so on the saying, phone with people. You're saying you're not being paid to be a missionary here at the Karis Group? He's tricking me. He's tripping you <laughs> no, up, I'm, isn't I'm he? I'm telling I mean, you that I think you've got some mental change. You got, we got to shift mm-hmm. that a little bit, Jennifer, because I believe you are being paid mm-hmm. to be a missionary here at the Karis Group. Because don't you have the freedom when you're talking with customers, if somebody shares something rough going on in their lives, don't you have the freedom to talk with them about their, your faith with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Ooh, that that is sounds a like huge... missions work. <laughs> yeah. It, so it have you ever is. had the opportunity to pray with customers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like mission work too. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. I think you're being paid as a missionary. Yeah, you could definitely I, say that. Okay, I, I did just say that. I just want to make sure you saw it because it's so important that yeah. you see that. And mm-hmm. everybody listening to the show today, there were, so describe your position here at the Cares Group. What is it that you do? Yeah, so as Kim was describing, a big part of what our company does is negotiate people's medical bills to a more reasonable price because as most people know there's just the healthcare system in the states is very broken there's a lot of inflation and a lot of just a lot of broken pieces mm-hmm. to it but um so because we, our country's broken yeah because we're, we're humans and people. we're all broken right. we live yeah. in a sinful world yeah so. <laughs> and so we uh, i'm one of those people who actually is on the phone negotiating both about people's medical bills with the healthcare providers. So with hospitals and um, someone else in a, in a billing office somewhere. So I'm, I talk through the bills with them and try and come down to a more reasonable price. Um, but with that comes conversations with the patients themselves. So I do mm. talk to a lot of patients who are in very difficult financial situations and are really stressed and concerned and overwhelmed by the weight of, of these huge bills that are just completely unrealistic for anyone to to pay no matter what their financial situation is um so that has brought a lot of opportunities to pray for people and i think now i'm trying to kind of lately i've been thinking more through how do i bridge those conversations of not just praying for someone but then also asking them more about their spiritual journey and where they are and um, because there are so many opportunities that i get to talk to people and hear their process or where they are in their life and they share some really difficult things and sometimes right. people end up talking oh, about sure. other things going on in their lives, not just the financial burden, but other personal issues they're going through. And, and so I'm, yeah, lately I've been thinking through more, okay, how do I bridge these conversations and ask conver- like ask questions more about their spiritual journey? Because God is working in their lives, whether or not they see it. And you're talking on the phone all day long. I mean, mm-hmm. you get a headset on all day long. You're talking to people. What an incredible opportunity. You're getting paid to minister to people because you're ministering to them by lowering their bills because you're bringing peace to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're also, and, and when you're talking to the people at the hospitals or whatever, the medical billing companies, because you're being nice to them, they actually, you're ministering to them as well because mm-hmm. they're used to being screamed and yelled at. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that Jennifer January is not screaming and yelling. <laughs> is it, isn't that true? That, that is true. Yes. Kim Evans has as a CEO, it's got to make you just, I would say, beam inside to hear that story, to hear the attitude of one of your employees as, as she looks at her work as mission work. How intentional is that for you as a CEO to make sure your people can see that? Well, you know, I'm proud of, I, I got. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm just being at Karis is for me, uh, uh, liberating the, uh, experience, uh, I have, as I said, shared uh, my faith in my workplace before, but now I can pray before a meeting. Mm -hmm. We can start meetings in prayer. We can ask for prayer requests. And when I, uh, when I, um, when we're at the lunch table uh, uh, in the kitchen having uh, fellowship, we share our stories. I mean, the, the group here, the team is just so phenomenal because they are totally plugged in and they use God uh, and they let God enter the conversations that they're having 
as you said, with a hospital uh, um, administrator and, and with the patients. And sometimes the patients just, they're so, um, they have so much um, uh, sadness and frustration mm-hmm. because of the way that uh, Jennifer and others at Karis Inter- interact with them they just let go and sometimes pray together mm. and, and that is so powerful when you get to realize that i mean everybody around us, we're surrounded by hurting people everywhere we go whether they're here at work or whether they're our customers whether they're our vendors whether the people we're in line next to at mcdonald's or at the you know at the car wash or in the grocery store we're surrounded by hurting people and to recognize that we've got the answer to their hurt we got Jennifer January in here. Jennifer, what was your title? We never said what your title is. Yeah, I'm a patient advocate. Patient advocate, which means you're advocating on behalf of patients, mm-hmm. which that's super nice, helping them negotiate down their bills. And we've got Kim Evans in here. She's the CEO of the Karis Group. Kim, I know that's a newer title for you, but how fun for you to be part of a group where you said you've been able to live out your faith here. There's nothing to hold you back. You get to just be who Jesus is in you each and every day. Every day. It's totally, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been set free. Um, and we talk about uh, just, we're free to talk about how God um, and, and Jesus plays a role in our life, guides us uh, in all we do. Uh, our prayer is, uh, uh, there's a saying that I love that um, Abraham Lincoln um, made famous, where someone uh, suggested one of his soldiers uh, said, may God be with us. And, and, and Lincoln said, may we be with God. So our prayer is that may we be with God in our thoughts, our acts and our words. You know, that's such a, that's such a great word because one of the things that I want to just make sure that our listeners are aware of the fact is that this is not what most people would consider this isn't like a christian company in the mm-hmm. sense that well, there's you're no such thing a, a company can't become a christian exactly but it's um you're you're doing a service you're providing something for organizations and um, but within the culture there are so many things and that's the thing that we love to highlight for our listeners to challenge them that within their work culture mm-hmm. what can they be doing more intentionally. And one of the things that we want to talk about today is short-term missions trips. And people would be, what? How does a short-term missions trip fit into being a patient advocate at a at an organization? So you just had a group of people go on a short-term missions trip. Why is that even a conversation we're having here within the context of the CARES group, Kim? Well, it's back to what we were talking about early, earlier. Let's Let's just be borderless and let's just make sure that everyone has the opportunity to know about God, has the opportunity to develop uh, the, um, the knowledge uh, and know-how to connect with God and have that spiritual relationship. Um, and that, that's, I think that's the biggest blessing of, of all as an organization, if we can enable citizens wherever they are on this earth to develop a relationship with God, then that's just so satisfying. Um, I I think that we've given them the biggest gift of all. Mm. So what does that look like within Karis Group? Um, How are you allowing short-term missions trips to happen? So we we will make sure that we facilitate people like Jennifer and Hayden who who, uh, joined her 
to uh, take time away from work, from the work that they do every day, okay. to uh, become available for these types of journeys. We also get all the um, uh, the employees, the, the CARES team involved, and um, praying for them to, to mm-hmm. wish them well, um, and uh, also pro- make, providing provisions from the team. Uh, to carry uh, gifts and provisions to carry with. So the whole, it's it's a, although two of them left, and Tony and Felicity, the whole company is behind this mm-hmm. and, and praying for them and supporting them and, and, and just our spirits are with them wherever they go. So when you have seen, you've talked to other people that have gone on short-term trips that are within the organization, what do you see as the impact when, because Jennifer and Hayden literally got home yesterday, and so you haven't even had a chance to even you know, download with them. So they're still getting over jet lag. And Jennifer, by the way, you're doing a great job. <laughs> but you've talked to other people who've gotten a chance to go on trips that are part of the organization, part of Sidera, or part of the CARES group. What are you hearing about the impact it's making on them as employees? It's life-changing. It's uh, in talking to some of the employees who went to a previous trip to Ecuador. Just really, um, first of all, uh, deepening their knowledge about um, other cultures, mm-hmm. um, really understanding that um, you know the the hardships that other um, nations face, and and just really praying openly and freely, we we take that for granted here, mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, and there are parts of the organization where this is it's illegal to even do this, so there is an awareness that this is this is important work and that we want to support this and it's in, it's important uh, to make sure that people know that the relationship with God is available to them um and and that was just transformational because uh, again growing up in the US we we take this for granted we, oh, we openly do. pray um and uh so going elsewhere we know so, Jennifer, you just got the opportunity to, to go where? I went to India, to India. Bangalore. Which, what, where was it? Bangalore. Bangalore, India. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the purpose of your trip? Yeah, so the purpose of our trip was basically to, we went to a conference about house churches and, and church planning movements. Which is something that Tony and, and Felicity are just passionately excited yes, about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... So Hayden and I both had had conversations with Tony in the past about... We keep mentioning Hayden. Hayden Hudson was supposed to be on the show with us today, but she got so sick while she was there, she's not able to do the show with us today. So you have to speak on behalf of Hayden at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we had had conversations in the past with Tony about the ways that him and Felicity had been involved in house churches and and they're just very passionate about ordinary people hosting house churches, whether it's in their home or in a park or in a coffee shop, that mm. church is who we are. It's not, it doesn't have to be this, this structure or facility. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, they knew that we were interested in that same concept and wanted to learn more about it. So they invited us to go to this conference with the hope that we would continue growing in this journey and learning more about what church really looks like and, and also to be thinking about what can that look like back here at the Caris Group and, and how can Hayden and I be a part of the process of um, helping form church here at work. It's not, it doesn't have to be this this structure and 
And really, when you look at the Bible and read more about about the original church and Acts, it wasn't. There's no concept of this Sunday meeting. There's mm-hmm. not. That, that's a man-made idea that we have that we're going to go once a week and meet and go through this process. But instead, uh, we we talked a lot about Acts two forty two, which says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And those four concepts are. That's what church is to to be reading the Bible together, have fellowship, eat together. Eating food is so important and bonds people together in such Amen a beautiful to that, way. Right, that's right, that's right. And in Texas, it always has to involve barbecue and good Southern cooking. <laughs> yes. So you're surrounded, Martha, you had a question. No, I just, uh, so, so what, in the process at some point, mm-hmm. was it months ago that you found out that you were going to be going or what kind of preparation was there and how did it involve um, the the group as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, <clears throat> I think it was first brought to our attention maybe in February that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And Hayden and I both thought, okay, this would be awesome if it works out, but we're not going to get our hopes up. We'll just wait and see if it actually comes together. Um, and so it was a little up in the air for a while. And we just said, okay, if, if this is what God wills, it'll happen. And if not, that's okay. But it sounds really amazing if it does work out. And sure enough, it did. And we went and on the way there on the plane, we were like, we can't believe we're actually going to India right now. This is so, feels so random, but also exciting. And, um, so yeah, we honestly, I, there wasn't necessarily a ton of preparation. It was more just, okay, we're going to go open-handed and Hayden and I both felt so extremely humbled because we were going to this conference really without anything to give. We weren't going to teach other people, mm-hmm. We were just going to learn and absorb, and both Hayden and I had been through a training in college about missions and about church planning movements, and so we had learned some, but we, I think, kind of had this prideful American perspective of, oh, Americans need to go to other countries and and start these church planning movements and stuff like that, and it was really encouraging for both Hayden and I to see, no, that's not that's not how it works. Like God is working through these people in beautiful ways. And we got to meet people from India and from Africa and different countries all over the world who God is sparking these movements through them. And it really it kind of challenged Hayden and I, okay, what can we be doing in our country mm-hmm. to be serving the Lord and sparking these movements um, and not thinking, oh, we have to go stir things up in other countries, but God has already given us opportunities right here. So you're surrounded by people all over the world, from all over the world, that are mm-hmm. learning about church planting movements, house church planting, because they're not building big buildings and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the any, I mean, they're just not doing that almost anywhere else in the world. What was the most shocking thing you learned? What was, yeah, just leave it at that. What was the most shocking thing you learned or heard from somebody else? Hmm. Um... Because you were think, interacting, you heard people's stories mm-hmm. and how what they're what it's like for them to live out their faith. Did you hear some stories from people who are like how difficult it is for them to live out their faith where they live? Because you're in India, where it's not a Christian country. You mm-hmm. heard from people from Africa. What, what was the what was the thing you're like? Wow, I can't believe people have to deal with that. Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. So many people that we talked to had such a humble perspective and weren't. They didn't have a, a spirit of complaint, you know, which was interesting, especially coming from the Western world where we're so used to so many comforts on the side of the world. And we were mm-hmm. staying in a place where most of those comforts were the physical comforts of air conditioning, things like that were not part of our, our picture. But um, people talked about persecution in the way that that 
God has used that to flame and to purify his church throughout history. And um, that when the church is under perse- persecution, they focus more on what church really is and that it's who we are. It's not about this structure and, and what we're doing. Um, so people didn't, I can't think of times that they talked about how challenging it is necessarily, but um, we talked more about just the ways that God is, has used persecution is continuing to bring you know, his that, glory. That's just an interesting perspective because I can only imagine in the Western culture Mm -hmm. that we are exposed to most often is that in a conference like that, a lot of it would be focused around challenges of workspace Mm -hmm. and the wrong carpet color. And, you know, Mm -hmm. can I get, I can't hear because it's too noisy. We're talking house churches. So they're not talking about those kinds of I know it's a totally different perspective. Martha, we're back in Austin, Texas. We got to have some great barbecue along the way. We should do another shout out. The, The barbecue depot in Vider, Texas. With Mackenzie as our uh, right. little hostess. Great. You got a barbecue, and I am going to eat barbecue again today. People know that. Lunch. People it, know it, that. And good. they probably figure you're going to drink a Mountain Dew while you're We will have Mountain Dew for lunch today. There's no question. But it's question not all about, about the food, Jim. No, it, it's not? But it is part of the element of good fellowship within the church. That's so right. Okay. It, as so the book of Acts. Jennifer January us. just got back yesterday from mm-hmm. how many days were you in India? Um, five days. Okay. So, wow. Very short. <laughs> you flew across the world for five days. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, and you spent a day on either side of that traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So, Martha. Jim, I think it's really important that our um, listeners get a little bit of pers- more perspective ar- around this whole idea of missions trips and um, supporting missions within an organization. And Kim, um, do you guys have this all figured out? <laughs> not not her, not even not close but but, but you're he, walking out in some obedience aren't you we we are cuz uh you know we know that this is uh we've evolved we used to just support uh uh, from a financial standpoint, missions, and now we need to totally be integrated into um, participating into that. We know we want to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jennifer doesn't know this, but we have a town hall coming up, and we're going to save space for her to talk about this in our ta- town hall because Excellent. we want to make sure that um, other members of our team mm-hmm. um, understand the importance of it and the blessing of it. So. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So so there are a couple things that um, the Karis Group has done, and one of them, you guys have a program called First Fruits, where you're giving back of profits into um, missions organizations, right? That's right. And yeah. now then sending out employees as well and making that a part of your um, your organization opportunity that you give them you know, your, I don't know, somehow you've yeah. structured it so they're getting time away from their work. Well, mm-hmm. you know... <laughs> As as uh, we've pointed out, you've pointed out earlier. As Jim pointed out, we're we're missionaries. Every day when we talk to, uh, when we serve our clients and we talk to to people about how they can have a better experience and a more affordable uh, situation with their health care, that's what we do. That's our core mission. But we also need to to also leave room um, to. Um, to really execute on the first fruits to send people out Mm. and experience, um, you know, what uh, Jennifer and Hayden and Tony did, which we can't wait to hear about. And, uh, but we, we definitely, although we don't have it figured out, we will, we know we want to do more, more, more. That's awesome. (laughs) 
Jennifer, talk to me about, so the people that you're in, how many people were at this, this house church conference in India, Bangalore, India, Mm -hmm. about 50 people, 50 people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these are all like the top notch, the biggest names in Christendom, right? (laughs) Um, the combination people I had not heard of, but I, the more I talked to people and heard their stories of how there've been thousands of churches that have branched off of their little house church. They were the kind of people that I, I've heard stories about and kind of would think, oh my gosh, these people are incredible, but they were so humble and they were just ordinary people just like us. When you say ordinary people just like us. So these are people mm-hmm. making an impact right there in their own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the biggest thing that you, your biggest takeaway from this five days in India and the two days of travel on either side? Yeah, I think that we, it, it was kind of shocking to be there as a young American girl. I'd what do I have to offer? You know, what do I, how can I take this back to my home and, and apply this? I think I've had the mentality that, um, I'm, I'm not qualified to start my own church. That sounds crazy. But when you read the Bible and think about the people that God uses throughout the Bible, it's not about being qualified. We are qualified solely because of Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit in us to guide us. And, and ultimately it's not about us having all the knowledge or being capable, but if we depend on God's word and point people to his word, he will lead people in the right direction. And, and so that was a big focus of the group of, of the conferences that God uses ordinary people. And we just have to step out in faith and trust that he will use us. And if we're depending on him and going to him and allowing him to work through us, then it's not about being qualified. And if anything, the more we're not qualified, the more he's glorified because it's then it's clear that, well, obviously it's not because Jennifer knew so much or studied the Bible so hard or whatever, but because she has the Holy Spirit in her and, God chose to use her, even though she's just this short little young American girl. <laughs> you keep saying that, I, but you know, I would say you just gave the greatest tweetable tweet so far today. It, it's because we are ordinary that God, oh, did you so She hard. said, because I'm not qualified, he'll be glorified. That's what she said. That's right. That's right. I wrote it down. <laughs> Good. I, I tried to remember, but she just, okay. All right. So Jennifer, your job as customer advocate, patient advocate. How do you see your time just being exposed to a different part of Christianity in a different part of the globe? How do you see that impacting your work as you get back plugged into it today? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'm still kind of processing that one. And that's something that Hayden and I have been, we want to meet up this weekend and talk through and pray through more what that really looks like and how we can be the church here and be yeah, just create that community because we all long for that community and sometimes just don't have, don't quite figure out how to relate that, especially in the workplace because people tend to think of the workplace as, oh, that's my separate compartment. I'll be myself and be one person at home. But then when I go to the office, I need to have a different face and be composed and and people don't tend to merge the two. So it's kind of a step out of our comfort zone. But isn't it true Jennifer January today is different than the Jennifer January that left for India a week ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so I, I imagine that's going to impact your work. So Kim mm-hmm. Evans, CEO of the Karis Group, you've got, there, there's always challenges with people. I mean, pe- you, you manage people and people have issues. I don't know if you knew that already. You probably figured that out. <laughs> but how cool is it that you had two of your people go away yeah. and you know, re- regardless of your input into their lives, they just had the Holy Spirit of God feeding into them as they travel across the globe. And so both Hayden and Jennifer come back to serve within the Karis group, having been impacted by something that you don't really know or understand because you weren't there. 
yet they have a different perspective than they had. I mean, they're different people because of the exposure to God in India. How do you see, because a lot of companies that are listening today that are going, I don't know if I could actually let my people go for a whole week. I mean, you paid these guys. They still were getting paid for their job while they left, right? We paid them and their team members covered, picked up the slack. Mm -hmm. We just came together and said, we need to make sure that, you know, that uh, they go without worry, without uh, even uh, any concern that their patients were going to be okay, that no balls were dropping. So not only, um, you know, did we pray for them and, and continue to pray for them while we were gone, we, they, their team, her team members stood in the gap. You know, that is such a great point because so many times, you know, if you give up an opportunity, you know, have an opportunity to do this, then it's like you have the stress of coming back mm -hmm. to all that you left behind. And what a great way for them to partner and just be like, you know, I'm doing this so that this, this other opportunity. So they're ministering. Mm -hmm. So you can be ministering in a different way. And then they're going to come back and minister to us yeah. because as you said, they are changed. So God has a message that he is going to communicate to the Karis team through Jennifer and Hayden. Yes. That's awesome. Well, and I got to think, I mean, you, you could have sent them to a leadership conference. You could have sent them to a, how to be a great employee conference. But what you did is you, you put, just put them directly in God's hands and said, okay, God mold them as you send them across the globe. And when you come back, we can't wait to see how they're going to make us a better company. That's right. That's right. You know, Jim, one of the things I'm just thinking here is for our listeners that, you know, this is such a great example because it was two people from the team. It wasn't like they said, oh, we have to send half of our team. You know, we have to do. Because um, how many people do you have in your team, Kim? We have 40 employees. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know, this doesn't have to be um, such a big scale. I mean, going to India is a big scale. I mean, that, don't get me wrong. I'm not d diminishing that. But the fact that it, it can start with a couple of people getting an opportunity for the benefit of the whole organization and really getting behind them. So I just don't want people to think it's like, oh, I could never do that. Well, sure you can. You can send one person to go do something or a, t a small team of two to go do something that can then be shared with the whole organization. Bring everybody together. Well, and it's so important to understand that when we go on short-term missions, quote unquote missions trips, which is really what you were on, but the mission, it impacted you, Jennifer, January. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you impacted other people that you interacted with, but it also impacted you. And that's really what short-term mission trips are all about, Kim. It's not the impact that we make typically where we go. It's the impact that typically is had on us. It goes both ways. It, it does. And as I said, even beyond that, uh, her teammates mm -hmm. will be impacted by that. And they're all waiting to hear your story. I mean, how many of them were just waiting at the door this morning for you to get in and go, <laughs> tell us something, tell us something. Did, mm -hmm. did you get a chance to debrief them at all this morning? A little bit. I actually asked my supervisor if I could have a, a quick meeting with him to kind of recap because I said, I'm about to go on this radio show and haven't really processed. Can we talk for a few minutes Good. and help me process? So so we did that for a few minutes, which well, was helpful. And Gen the story will continue. That's exactly. Right. Jennifer January and Kim Evans, thanks for sharing your stories today here on I Work For Him. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for inviting us. No, it's, it's <laughs> great. And we're so grateful. Listen, if you, you have an organization and you want help with your health care, your solutions you need to talk to the sedera group sedera health sedera.com and the caris group the caris group.com right. you've been listening to our work for him as we broadcast here from austin texas our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i, I work, work for, for him, him.